I'm John Perry. I'm Ted Cupper. And this is Constellation, making the graphic novel. Join us as we build an original science fiction world. And we are back. How are you doing uh, today, John? Good. I'm excited to try something new today. Yeah, I am too. This has been a long time coming, and uh, we are finally... We have broken the seal and we've started writing the actual script. So what we're going to try out this time as an experiment is uh, reading it out loud uh, to you, the listener. Um, this will be the very first time John has seen it at all. And I uh, have not even read it over myself. I was working on it uh, all the way up until earlier today. We're taking turns on our way through the script. So, so, you, so you wrote pages this time and I'll be writing pages next time. We just decided for uh, life balance reasons, we're going to sort of split up the initial um, drafting uh, just a, a couple of beats at a time so that we can uh, bite off something that we can easily chew. And uh, so I took one beat and it actually um, took eight pages to do that one beat. So that was surprising to me. Um, and we might have to you know, cut it down later. But the good thing about a first draft is you can try out your ideas and see how they go. So that's what we're doing here. Uh, John's going to take the next few beats for next time. But uh, in the meantime, let's read this one. I'm going to read um, Tim Ito and the uh, narration. And John is going to read Arturo and the sound effects. And we're going to see how this goes. I also have, uh, just so you're not shocked, a voice transformer, which uh, will, when I'm narrating, I will be using this lower uh format sound for my voice i'm uh just very excited uh anytime i get to use my silly roland voice transformer which is one I of think my it's, favorite yeah. stupid pieces of music here that i own so uh yeah i'm very excited to uh to try this out and uh we will we'll take feedback so if this doesn't work for you guys you let us know and we'll figure I it mean, out i mean the goal is to make this easier to tell you know what you're what you're hearing right so, uh, right since we, since don't, we don't have actors in studio yeah 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 and i think you know yeah it's not quite at the level where i would feel comfortable getting actual actors although it is worth considering whether we should have some friends come by and and read it uh, especially as we uh, start to have more characters that's totally doable we might maybe we'll do that later yeah we should think about um, that all right, so without any more um, uh, preamble, let's get into it, and we will read this week's um, eight pages, the very beginning of the first draft of uh, Constellation, the graphic novel. Okay, so you're, gonna, you're starting because you're narration. Page one, panel one, a field of stars. A star field? Are you sure? Didn't we agree not to use any pre-transition references? It's not those stars. It's a metaphor. Panel 2. Closer on a constellation of stars, Sagittarius. The celestial light escaping the stars bleeds together, creating the impression of a real centaurian horseman in the sky. It's about the central paradox of our world. Endless possibility. Panel 3. Taurus's POV on Sagittarius from farther away. In foreground, we see our own hoven feet forming in the space dust between the stars. Alright, you're deriving sun signs, I get it. Are heliocentric religions having an ironic comeback or something? Just hang on to your horns. Page two, panel one. Space and time twist. Hey, is this that black hole math that you were talking about? Yeah, check it out. Panel two. They twist into a black hole. Whoa. Panel three. Taurus and Sagittarius are demented and skewed as they are pulled through the hole. 
Page 3, Panel 1. Taurus, now with a human body, is in Arturo's homeworld. His mother is brandishing a knife. Panel 2, Taurus slash Arturo is being chased through the streets of Agoria by a cop. Panel 3, he jumps into a nearby house's window. Panel 4, he comes out from a hole under his childhood bed into a room for kids with a poster that says Lester is God. Panel 5, he climbs out the window of the room. This takes us to page 4. Panel 1, he's suddenly on the ledge of a giant skyscraper. He still has the bullhead. Panel 2, he falls from the hundredth floor. Wait, freeze! Panel 3, Arturo freezes mid-fall. I don't know, man. Skyscrapers don't make any sense. Fine, I'll make it an inverted mountain range, okay? And you can have your face back. Panel 4. Tim Ito appears in the air, swiping at a few floating windows that surround his vision. He's dressed like a technician in black shirt and jeans, but he has giant eagle wings. Just a second. The skyscraper suddenly becomes an upside-down mountain range with snowy valleys surrounded by steep, rocky steps. Upside-down goats graze upside-down on the slope. Page 5. Panel 1. Tim indicates the change to Arturo, who is now wearing a normal, handsome face. Happy? This, this can't happen on Earth. This is cool. I like this. But the, the whole thing is feeling pretty heavy. Heavy's good. Heavy wins awards. Uh, panel two, Arturo size. Jeez. <sighs> panel three, t- Tim looks at Arturo with annoyance. What? Say it. What don't you like? No, it's, it's all really well done. I, I like it a lot. I guess I'm just having second thoughts about the, the idea. Panel four, Tim is irritated. Not this again. Panel panel five, Arturo responds with a measured expression. And it's real impressive how you use the survey data and the browsing history to do all that personalization. I mean, that's really looked pretty close to my childhood room, but dredging up the past, pre-transition or not, isn't that inherently the opposite of novel? Panel six, Tim smiles. You ever see a world that looks like this one? No, but maybe if we keep working on it. No way. We can't miss the deadline for the Gaias. Page six. Panel one. Arturo considers. Why can't we make something new? Something, you know, really truly new, unlike anything else. Panel two. Tim takes Arturo under his arm, trying to convince him that they're on the same side. You can't have everything be novel in every dimension on every project. Not if you want anyone to understand you except mechaniacs like us. Panel three, Arturo takes a more powerful position. All right, Tim, you're, you're the best exec dev I know. You're, you're always coming to me with some cool new thing you figured out how to do, but it usually falls to me to come up with what it all means. Panel four, Tim seems to back way off, giving ground. You're the artist. I've always said that. That's why we make a good team. You bring the concepts. I bring the follow through. Page seven, panel one. Tim gets close to Arturo and smiles. He gestures to the world around them, an impressionistic landscape of inverted mountains meeting a giant ocean. But right now, you're just being insecure. I'm telling you, it's ready. We're going to go to the guys with this, and we're going to win. Panel two. Close on Arturo. Suspicious. Why are you so concerned with winning an award? Panel three. Wider shot. Tim avoids looking at Arturo. Are you kidding? I could finally tell my hayseed family to shove it. What was the last time you talked to them? Panel four, close on Tim, looking away. That's not the only reason. Winners get an automatic invite to Altoff. Panel five, wider panel. Tim and Arturo suddenly fall toward the ocean below them, but speak casually as if nothing strange is happening. You are obsessed with that club, aren't you? 
Are you even sure it exists? It exists. Not officially, of course, but it's been confirmed a few times. Xiaolong Wang's a member. He's won a few guys, but he's also famous constellation-wide, so I'm not sure that tells us much. Page 8. Panel 1. They splash through the water. Panel 2. They're in a mechanized hallway. Water collects in a puddle at their feet. They're soaked. Tim is already gesturing toward a freight elevator. Panel 3. A massive frame of the whole world showing a spherical land with a sky dome of stars at the top, inverted mountains and an ocean in the middle, and a mechanical underworld below. Tim and Arturo wear hard hats and overalls and ride the construction elevator above the entire thing. Look, it's a good world. It's done. Let's get started filling out the applications. Panel four, close on Arturo's face. I don't know. And scene or whatever. <laughs> that is the end of the script so far. Yeah, so it does seem long, right? But, I mean, everything is going to be, uh, uh, you know, we can talk a little bit about the writing process here, too, right? I mean, it's normal for stuff on a first draft to be, I think, longer than the final. So, like you said, you were surprised that this was eight pages. And I think, you know, that's probably what, I mean, our whole script is probably going to be similarly longer than we expect, I think, on right, this first Right, right. Well, so, I mean, we have one data point out of, you know, 42 beats, but, like, if this keeps up, we're going to have a 400-page uh, book, which I think is a bit longer than we had hoped. So, you know, look, I'm not going to try to police myself on the first draft, and I don't exactly, think you should either. Exactly. Um, I think it makes more sense, um, you know, and if anybody who's listening is, like, someone who wants to write something of their own, I wouldn't tell anyone to do that i think you should write long your first draft so that you get all your ideas out and then i think we're gonna find once we've done this that we're actually repeating ourselves a lot i mean i took almost every opportunity i could in this as and i was realizing it as we were reading it uh to reference something that was going to come up later but it's not really the case that every one of those things needs to be addressed in the first scene so it may be that once we've written five more scenes, some of this starts to feel repetitive and we just trim it down. Right. Uh, you get certain um, like information from other places. Exactly. Right? And, and sometimes yeah. it's cool to have information drip out three, four times so that you don't have to spell it out as much. So that's why I gave it a shot here. Um, but if that doesn't work like that, or if it ends up being, you know, clear enough somewhere else, then yeah, we'll, we'll cut it down. Um, so yeah. can I kind of go go through this and just like ask some some questions? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Sure. So um, and the rule here too is like we're not gonna um even if we come up with stuff that like we would we could change we're not gonna change anything. The rule is you just keep writing uh forward the whole way and you don't look back. That's so, right. You can take a note, but we cannot change anything until the end of the first draft, just because that's a psychological thing that I find it really helps me get my first draft done. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, all things being equal, I feel like starting on stars, given our title does make sense. So I don't really have an issue with that. Um, I, I'm not going to, I don't have a ton of feedback on like the specifics though, because like we've talked about, I think the world that they're building, um, there's a lot of things it, it could be. I like what you have sketched in here, right? But that's another thing too where where it might be it might be saying something about one of the characters or their partnership, something that we won't know until we get through the whole script. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I definitely um, am not married to any of these specifics. They were 
yeah, they all have some reason for being there, but also all of them could be switched out for something. But I like the constellations. It is a way to have them like be talking, but not be people fully, which is something we discussed for the first few panels. Yeah, and again, obviously the title connection. So like that, that works for me. Um, yeah, and I like the idea that their actual piece of art is itself referencing the stars as a way of. Um, as a way of commenting on the fact that the worlds are called like that the universe is called constellation in world so that, you know, like we use that term for it. And so that makes this a handy metaphor basically for the, you know, endless possibilities and atomization of the constellation simulation world. Now the childhood, uh, home recreation is something we've discussed as like a, kind of advanced world building technology to be able to do that. Um, right. I think that might be something that ends up somewhere else. Cause we've, for example, talked about using that inside the, um, uh, Pompeii, which is the puzzle world. From oh, the right. Second trial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We may need um, that for there. So we may have to pull that out. So it is, it is like a handy, like bit of sort of world building tech that we have to play with. So I can see why it shows up here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure if it stays here. I, although I think it's, Wait, so is art are you saying here like is this like part of the mashup that's happening in the world building or is it actually are we saying that Arturo is um is like generation like was he born in the constellation is that yes. why he has a Lester as god? Yes, yes, good. I'm glad that this made sense to you. Okay, so Okay. Yeah, so I I cut And, I and cut, maybe let's explain that fully since I cut out the explanation cuz I felt like it was getting long. Um, but it could come later if we if we like all these ideas. the The concept I had here was, um, if you are a, a first generation or later, uh, and you go into this art world, then in the opening survey, you're asked to share your your browser history, and it it uses that information to like algorithmically guess what your childhood would have been like and create a kind of, you know, similar, uh, uh, space to, to hurl you through in your, if you're in first generation, you've always been, always been. So if you just go to the the end of your browser history, the, the first five things in the list, then you can find out the first five worlds you went to. And then the, the algorithm that, that Tim has set up can guess from there. So it's not perfect, but it like it can put together, okay, it was about this time. Okay, these were the trends at that time. This is the location you were most likely in. This is what things were generally like there, you know, which is some information that he's gleaned and put in it over time, right? Well, and, uh, the, and the reason I knew that, because I, I just want to explain all this, because, uh-huh. uh, uh, is that, you know, Lester is like a religious figure That's right. that we came up with. So that to have that in your childhood. in this world, right. Yeah, so there's no way that, for example, um, Tim could have that in his childhood room because Tim was born in our world. Exactly. Right? So this means Tim is significantly older than Arturo. Right. I don't know if this is a choice we'd talked... Was this choice in the outline, or is this something you came up with for this? I just made this up, but we can change it if you don't like it. I just tried it. Yeah. No, I think it's fine. So so in that case, like... I was just trying to make them different in this way. Right. So if if Tim had... If we were following Tim through the tube instead of Arturo on page three... We would have seen instead um, probably a sc- the scan of the last place that he was alive on Earth, because that would be what was available from his survey data uh, when he entered the 
room because he would say, well, I'm zero generation. And they would say, well, what's your full name? And then from there, they could just scan the archives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they could find out where you lived and they could just recreate that. And that would probably be what ended up getting recreated instead. Um, but the idea is sort of the same that he like, you know, he's using some clever math to ask you a question and then unearth something nostalgic to play on your heartstrings for part of the world. Got it. Um, and I thought that that was like a cool idea because of how it obviously, uh, you know, it, it, it foreshadows some stuff that we're going to use later, uh, in the story. Um, but it also, I think, yeah, I, I think there's some connection to Tim with his pre-transition past and stuff. Yeah, well, what what I'm what I'm noting like the most here is just like less the technical like how, but like the the high level detail of making them different along that axis, right? Like one is younger than the other. Um, yeah, I thought that might which, I, that just seemed to echo the whole thing where like uh, Arturo is not interested in pre-transition references, whereas. Uh, you know, um, and is generally more interested in newness, um, whereas uh, 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 Tim is more interested in status. Although you could, you could see the reverse, right? Like you could see, like, like I don't know, like the the younger person is like kind of into the right. The, they could be the more old stuff because sure. it seems cool, and the right. person who lived through it is like, man, I lived through that decade, and it, wasn't, it was lame. It wasn't, it wasn't right. great, anyways. Because right. I feel like I've encountered that. Sure, no, that that could happen too. I mean, yeah, I think either direction is potentially interesting. I went the other way for this, but it gives them a different artistic perspective, like sort yeah. of at the gate. I agree with that. Yeah, um, and so. This is what we talked about too, where um, Tim is the um, the executor, right? He's like the right. Uh, yeah, I re-listened to our episode C sixteen, um, which has a lot of these details worked out in it, and that's where I got a lot of these ideas from. That um, one is like, was that when we were fully outlining, or what was that? No, like, that was a little earlier been... than the full outline, and we were really just going through talking about art worlds, and um, and uh, we ended up basically, yeah, like sort of pitching, at the end of that episode, we ended up pitching this whole scene, more or less, and kind of coming up with the idea that it was Arturo who was more into novelty, and, and was more the artist, and it was uh, Tim who was more the uh, the executor, because he really wants to um, you know, get the status, but is less motivated by the art per se, even though he himself is like a connoisseur who has been to many worlds. And I tried to make that joke about saying that they're both mechaniacs, which is obviously residents of mechania, but also I assume it's like fans of, I assume that's a stand in for fans of world art. Yeah, no, I, I picked up on that. Yeah, yeah. So I think it I think it's cool having them be uh different generations and that driving their their disagreement. Um I think so in this like Arturo is the designer, right? So he would have given I mean and they've been working on this for a while, right? So the only thing that I was like not sure about when I was reading is it seemed like and I'd have to look at it more closely like um like Arturo is like being surprised by a lot of the stuff he's seeing, right? Yeah, maybe by too much of it. I thought about that. And yes, it does seem like Tim has taken his, 
you know, revision pass a little too far or something. And maybe I need a line about that somewhere. Like, you know, I thought you were going to do a polish. This looks like you've changed a lot, you know, or something. Or, uh, or maybe we just need to have him be a little less surprised. Um, I think, you know, the narrative use of having him be surprised is it, it gives him a reason to talk about what's going on so that we can hear about it. But, um, but yeah, I think you might be right there. I think, you know, something that's drafty about this is maybe that he is too surprised. Yeah. By, that would be like my of main, the, of the details. So my main note, other I'll, put than a, like, I'll put in a comment that says he seems a bit too surprised by this stuff. We'll yeah. Um, that, and you know, obviously we're going to like keep tweaking the specifics and so on, but I think like the broad beats are all that need to be here are all here. Yeah. And right? I like him criticizing um, Tim's choices. I guess it's just, yeah, a matter of like, why did he leave so many choices to Tim if he was not going to be happy? Right. Why with is them? he surprised? It would be a little more like, oh, well, I, I, had, I meant for this I thought to I'd be asked like you this, to do, right, right, right. Like, yeah. why did you interpret it this way? Right. You know? Um, or it could be, um, well, it's tricky because we want this, we do want this scene to like kind of go through all these different crazy locations, right? And like, so this, Ideally, has, the right, yeah. this has the right feeling of them like falling and all like, like turning into different forms and all that stuff, which is cool, which I think makes the open, sets the right tone for the opening of the comic. But it's like, it almost, in theory, it would make sense for their argument to be almost about like one detail, right? Because at, at this level of the project, right, where it's like, you know, they'd be like fighting over like one like key decision, but then that doesn't give you like naturally the ability to float through so many locations. Right. So I think like right. that's we, we, why we're gonna I have to balance choice. those two yeah. needs. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did think um, about that, but I I thought it was ultimately more valuable to see more of it. Although I guess you could have him. Be, I mean, one way to fix that would to just have him like the first few details, right? Uh, which I kind, I did a little bit of this. I mean, I st I started. It's true. It's true. He, I like this. Oh, this is what we talked about. Oh, oh this, right. This You're part's, doing this. This part's yeah, never maybe, been better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I just need on a couple of these first ones for him to say something like, "This is what we talk. Like now, that's what we were talking about, or something." Yeah. Right, right. Like, yeah. yeah, they're into it. It's clicking, and then and then they hit the one thing that's like, wait, what, what, what is this? Right. What did you do here? You know. Right. And that turns into and a big fight. Could be the set, the skyscraper, or it could be like anything that is referential to the old world. I just chose skyscraper because it sounded cool. But um, the other thing is like this is like uh, in our sort of like world of like abstract, you know, media forms, right? Like this is like kind of a this is like a roller coaster ride kind of world is that what how you envision this like where yeah it's a roller coaster ride but it's got this like emotional aspect of like it it mines your own right but you travel info. through it sort of sort of linearly yeah 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 that is sort of what i went with i mean it doesn't have to be that but that is the one that i that's what i went with because it felt like the most natural thing to sort of have them have a conversation over like during right yeah but i mean it's not again i don't i'm not married to that we could maybe we could make it more of a game or something if you thought no no it. i'm into it being a a roller coaster like format as long as like elsewhere in our book and we have plenty of places to do this i'm sure like we have like drastically like other types of of art you know that, well right that, like, like zoya could you know be not a fan of roller coaster type work or something Right. Yeah. I mean, that could even be like a point of discussion at some point. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, so I think that that is like, that's just something I noticed like that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want everything to be like that. Like, but I think it's, I, it does make sense. Like, yeah. Cause you can fight during a roller coaster, <laughs> which is like even a, a, I feel like a scene I've seen elsewhere before, but like not in such a wacky context as we have. Um, right. Right. That's yeah. I mean, I definitely, yeah, I thought that would be the easiest type of, of format to try to do this kind of scene over. Um, but yeah, it could be anything because they can like freeze time and stuff. Cause they're admins. It could be anything. I mean, it could be a middle of a game and then everybody could freeze and you know, two of the people could break out and start having a fight and that would kind of work the same way. Um, so that's not out of the question, but yeah, this, I think this works well enough that, and certainly roller coaster would be one of the styles of, um, yeah, of, so I think world, so. I think I'm going to be able to like build on this pretty easily and I think the only the only thing I need to give some thought to because it might come up in the the part I'm writing next to some degree although maybe not is just like um like I I guess the most important thing is Tim's perspective, right? Like is it the right so here he's representing sort of not newness or not novelty or he like he wants he it's sort of, he's got a mercenary attitude he's right he's like right uh, he's not know, against novelty i think let's they, make oscar bait right they like, let's broadly make the both that like the judges novelty. are going to like right yeah and i think he would even say novel worlds are my favorite worlds but like i'm a world nerd who loves this stuff and i'm trying to win a gaia and uh i'm not trying to you know please you i'm trying to please the average joe kind of thing i think that's sort of what he's saying and you know look this was something that we had come to but yeah it could be wrong i thought it was interesting because the club is so obsessed with novelty i thought it was kind of interesting if he's not necessarily that he's obsessed with the club and he adopts their pose of yeah novelty. see this is really important because like i was Rather, rather than him coming to it with already like already believing that ideology, which is the other option, I realize. Right, because I, you know, so I was idly thinking about like sort of Tim the other day, and like all like you know he's he's like uh eighty years old or or a hundred years old. What is he? He's like almost a hundred, I think. Yeah. Um, and he's had all these life phases, and he had this kid, and like he's been through all this stuff, and now he really wants his club, and I just was like. I was like, what is like really going on with him? And I, it did occur to me that like, you know, he might just be bored, right? <laughs> like, oh yeah. I mean, um, I, I, th I definitely think that's thematically something we are, we are, you know, interacting with. I mean, here. in some ways that's the simplest answer, right? So if you're, if you're, you know, you've done all these things, especially just, since he's a world connoisseur, he's really like kind of been everywhere and done everything, you know? Right. Well, and then that's sort of like the reason then you would want to be, in the club is like literally just like I want like it, in some ways he'd be aligning with the club's values in that sense right like like he would just like give me something new that's like not going to bore me to tears now that doesn't mean he wouldn't be like mercenary about the decisions he makes like you know or he wouldn't sell out to like sort of you know as a means to an end right as well so I feel like those things are compatible but um, I guess I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud here, you know, about like, yeah, no, I think that's right. I think it could be either way. I mean, it could be more that he is, you know, 
feels that he's like sort of, you know, been alive for all this time and hasn't really accomplished anything and wants to, you know, accomplish something important to him, which to him, it me- that means joining the most exclusive club around. And then he just, you know, finds their their novelty obsession to be interesting enough to adopt it, but it, it's not his primary driver. Or it could be that he's, like you said, bored, full of ennui, you know, has already experienced everything twice and is basically had come around on his own to the club's ideology. And then when he discovers that that, that not only do other people believe that, but they're this super secret, super exclusive thing uh, that itself has value, then he, you know, gets even more obsessed with them or whatever. I mean, yeah, both, like, both he, of those work. I think they're they're not exactly the same thing, so we sort of have to make a choice, but I don't think they really change the the overall story at all. Well, because we have a thread where he's sort of into it, you know, for uh, for the, the, maybe purely the status of it or the accomplishment of it. You know, he, he feels like not respected by his family and so on right there's that thread right. yeah and then there, and there's this maybe this other thread where he like yeah wants to join the club for on the merits like literally like access to new things so um and he it could be both um or it could be he tells himself one it's the other you know um well yeah i, don't I, mean, have any, I yeah i guess yeah. like the thing that i decided to try here is like what if what if valuing new things is like more like something he thinks he's supposed to want because that's what cosmopolitan cool people want and what he really wants is the status and when he finds out that you can you know kind of get one by caring about the other then he jumps into it but that would explain why he's less concerned with novelty than he is with like he's not saying novelty is bad he's just saying it's not realistic to have maximum novelty all the time because you also as an you know you, you also want to be understood um and like now he, he also you know he also says like um uh you know he, like arturo you're the artist right which is again what we talked about so i mean the fact that he's that's something i tried yeah i mean look i'm not married to that the maybe he's more the artist but we had we had said that in that episode and well, i thought it was interesting so hang I on i mean i mean that. what i was gonna say is yeah. I, i'm fine with that choice I'm, I'm just trying to like extrapolate what that means right sure like if, if he's gonna be the kind of person that says that right because they could both be co-artists right like it doesn't have to be like one person's like obviously ceding that role to the other person when right. when, when one person does that it must mean either they don't have the confidence to do it or they don't um, feel like they have the voice for it. Right. Like there's something, or the other person is very or the other person is incredibly talented or, 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 or sure. Or they're just like, you know, like, like telling the other person what they want to hear. Right. Well, sometimes uh, right, just to work with someone, you have to kind of tell them they're in charge, even if you sure. don't really intend to act that way. Right. Uh, other times, uh, yeah, you're, you're telling them that because you just respect their work so much. Um, you know, when I wrote that line, I, I was thinking that he meant it sincerely and that it was just basically a matter of like, um, you know, like we talked about, one is the more technical person. One is the more sort of, uh, uh, nonlinear artistic person and they both sort of respect the other's skill set because they realize that to do the kinds of things that they like, they need both sets of skills. Oh yeah, well he has to he has to respect Arturo 
because like I'm not gonna buy like Tim. But you know, I, he could respect him. He doesn't think he needs that person's talent, right? No, but he could respect him just like you know Arturo is is well liked as an artist. Everyone thinks he's great. He's my ticket to the top. But I decided that it was a little bit more sincere than that, right? Like that it was like he actually genuinely thinks that the two of them are going to make something great together because he's really good at programming the exec. Um, and you know, Arturo is always challenging him and, and, and making him do better stuff. He also thinks Arturo is never is a perfectionist and is never thinks he's going to, you know, never thinks anything's done and he thinks they're going to screw up their deadline and all of that. And he's worried about that stuff, but he's not like, he's not at this point, he's not doubting Arturo as a creator. He's, you know, genuinely, or at least that's how I was thinking of it. He's genuine. No, no, I, I read it as genuine, yeah. but, it, but, the, but the, but again, like saying that line, yeah, either that's something that like Arturo needs to hear or, or like, like Tim, Tim must feel like he has a deficit that Arturo is filling. I, that's why I guess the part I'm interested in, right? Like what, what does this imply sure. that like Tim is lacking? Um, because again, I'm mostly interested in Tim's character. He's the one we got to keep writing for pages and pages. Right, um, right, right. So Arturo can kind of weaken mold to be whatever he needs to be. But like, I'm just trying to like figure out what, and I'm just taking what you wrote at face value at this point and just trying to think like, what does that mean for his character? Like it means, um, well, does it one mean thing he does not consider that, himself an artist? Right. I think one thing that it means is that if he breaks off this relationship with Arturo, which he will do later, he will not just become a world, a solo world creator on his own. And I think it's kind of telling us that, um, right. That that's Would not his plan, that his plan is to get into this club and, you know, he could do it with Arturo if they stuck together, perhaps. Um, but, he wouldn't be able to do it on his own. So then when he goes off and starts doing other things later in the story, we understand, you know, that that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does make him more, more desperate. Right. Um, it, it like, you know, it closes that Avenue to him, right? Like he, if you, if he, you couldn't conceive of him just like trying again next year and doing it solo. Right. Right. Like without the partnership, he's kind of like, doesn't, he doesn't have this option open. And I think that's probably good structurally. I, we might be able to have that come back in a small way when he sells his services on Agoria later to cr create the, the tip. Have what come back? You supply the vision. He supplies the code. He's able to do that, you know, for Apple white in much the same way that he was. Right. I also think it's like, would not be inconsistent for him to have taste, but not vision. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think he is a he's a nerd. He's a mechaniac. You know, he's someone who like loves going to worlds. So yeah, he has taste. He has opinions about what makes one good, and we're going to show that with Zoya fairly soon. I mean, I wonder if just like it's as simple as like somewhere in his his long history, like he has tried being the person with the vision, and it like went disastrously. You know, and he just at, oh sure at at some point like just decided well it's not gonna be it's not gonna be my vision you sure know? sure um like just as a bit of backstory like that would kind of that would kind of make sense 
Um, and it does ra- it it raises the stakes for him, right? Like it makes him really need Arturo, and it will make that later scene when they break up, I think, more weightier. So that's probably good. Um, but yeah, I'm just thinking out loud. I think I, the only yeah the only stuff that I think as I build on this, like I like all the all I think every beat that needs to be hit is hit here. I'm just gonna be like sort of thinking about tim's character a lot and like that's the only thing that might i might end up pivoting somewhat from what you wrote but i'm not even sure yet because i it's like it's kind of like a it's there's a lot of things to think about with that so right 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 we'll see where Um, it takes you and we can always fix this if um if that becomes the case so uh yeah i'm not afraid of any of that that sounds good um all right so we are going to do this again next time when we will have So what i'm going to be working on is um basically the reception before the award show, including arriving at uh, Parcia, the event world where they are hosting the award show. And that the big scene there is like Tim making the deal with Zoya. Cool. Well, I'm excited to read that. We'll do that next time and we'll try doing it roughly like this and we'll see how that goes. And uh, we will continue to uh, experiment and try different things and try to figure out how to best uh, provide uh you guys with a window on what we're doing for this part of this uh, this process. I mean, yeah, I think this is experimental, so uh, hopefully this was an interesting episode for you. And uh, if you like this, there's going to be a whole lot more of these as we go through our first draft, I think. All right, thanks for listening. This has been Constellation, Making the Graphic Novel. Our theme song is Pomona by Audios. To subscribe to this podcast, look us up on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher application. You can find us on Twitter or on the web at constellationpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.